Hello and welcome. It is Eric Erickson here. Glad to have you with me. The phone number is 877-97-ERIC-877-973-7425. I want to jump to a phone call quick because I don't want Andy to have to wait long about this and I think I can take care of this quickly. Andy, welcome to the program. Yeah. Hey, Eric, thanks for taking my call. I had a quick question uh, with election day coming up here next Tuesday, I guess it is. Uh, for the last five or six elections, both national, local, you name it, statewide, I've gone to my, I've, I've voted early. I've gone to my local polling place, presented my ID, and I guess filled out, I guess it's an affidavit that I am who I am. And then they give you that piece of paper and you present it to get your, your punch card. Well, each time I've done this, I finally realized last, uh, last time I voted, it says at the top of this piece of paper, absentee ballot. And my question is, why does it say absentee ballot if I'm there in person? Just because I'm voting early, it's absentee? Yes, that, that's it. Uh, early voting is actually uh, no excuse absentee voting. Uh, and, and they haven't really updated the language. Uh, so around the country, and, and Andy, this is why I want to get to you, because uh, all of you around the country, you may have municipal elections and not know about it. And I know some states like Virginia have statewide elections. Uh, there are local elections, for example, here in Georgia, uh, across the state. I did not realize in my community, there's actually a vote on a tax increase. And I had no idea. Uh, sleeper issue. Uh, and I pay attention to this stuff. But th this is, Andy, I wanted to, to start with this. Uh, and thank you for the question, because... Uh, it is election time. An election is next week. Uh, I know in Atlanta, they're having mayoral elections. In Virginia, they're having gubernatorial elections. Most states have municipal and tax elections right now. So whether you're in Ohio or Florida or Oklahoma or Texas or California, a lot of places are having local elections next week. And you may not even know. I genuinely had no idea that there was an election in my community next week because we we moved our elected official elections from odd-numbered years to even-numbered years, but there's a tax issue on the ballot. So uh, pay attention, uh, and yes, if you're voting before Election Day, it is an absentee ballot because you will be absent on Election Day. So an early vote is an absentee ballot, uh, even though they've changed the name. But also worth noting, Andy was able to go vote. You know all that voter suppression? I mean, who are who are the wokes going to root for? in the World Series. I have noticed, by the way, Tennessee, including um, a USA Today columnist, refers to the Astros versus Atlanta. And it's not alliteration, because I went back and checked through his timeline. He never uses the word Braves. He refers to it as Atlanta. And now what, what caught it is he put up a tweet and it was um, listing some inductees uh, or some people who got uh, awarded something and he put their teams next to him like Cincinnati, hashtag Reds, Pittsburgh, hashtag Pirates, and then just Atlanta. And then right after that, Chicago, hashtag Cubs. It's like, interesting. And, and sure enough, unless it's a, uh, covering something that's actually uh, in a link to a news story where they reference the Braves as an editorial policy, they, he didn't do that. All right, uh, we'll get back to this later. Right now, though, let's talk about the economy. If you weren't here in the first hour, this is going to be the most thanks expensive Thanksgiving in history. The most expensive Thanksgiving in history. 
Well, I mean, how can they say that since, since costs have been recorded? But in, inflation-wise, the most expensive Thanksgiving we've had. Last year, the last year of the Trump administration, it was the cheapest Thanksgiving meal since 2010. This year, the most expensive ever. Inflation is on the rise. Inflation is really and truly on the rise. Here's Larry Summers. He was one of Barack Obama's top economists, the Harvard University president, who the left doesn't like because he doesn't buy into their modern monetary policy. It was another bad week on inflation. We had numbers we hadn't seen in 30 years now. For the month of May, year over year, it was 5% up in the top line number. What do you make of it? Look, it's, it's more evidence that we've got a problem, that the risk to the economy is uh, overheating. The risk to the economy is overheating. We've got a problem. We do have a problem. What do we do? This is this is a this is a problem. It is a growing problem, and it is a tax on the poor and the middle class. Gas prices, again, I, I I mentioned this before. This is a quote from AAA. The pump price has gone up every day in the past 27 days, adding approximately 20 cents to the cost of a gallon of gas. Now, here's the thing. If this is the case, if the pump price has gone up uh, 20 cents to the cost of a gallon of gas, you know what that affects? It doesn't just affect your car price. It doesn't just affect you driving to and from work or to get groceries. It affects the poor who take public transportation because the cost of fueling the buses has gone up. It affects you at the grocery store because the cost of driving the groceries to the grocery store has gone up. It affects you at the restaurant because the cost of driving the food to the restaurant has gone up. It affects you pretty significantly. And the Biden administration has told us it would be temporary. And now it's actually becoming a really big deal long term. And then there's this. This is from Bloomberg News. Aramco warns world's spare oil supplies are falling rapidly. Aramco is the Saudi Arabian oil company. It's the state-run industry. It said oil output capacity across the world is dropping quickly and companies need to invest more in production. It's a huge concern, Chief Executive Officer Amin Nasser said in an interview in Riyadh, Saudi Arabia. The spare capacity is shrinking. His comments come with crude prices having soared 70% this year to around $85 a barrel. Many major consumers, including the U.S., Japan, and India, have called on producers to pump more. The supply deficit in oil markets could worsen in 2022 if the coronavirus pandemic eases and more people fly. If there's aviation pickup next year, the spare capacity will be depleted. It's now getting to a situation where there's limited supply. Whatever is left that spare is declining rapidly. Several oil and gas traders have criticized governments and climate activists for calling on companies to stop investing in fossil fuels, saying that will cause shortages of energy in the coming decade. Aramco, the world's biggest oil company, is investing billions of dollars to raise its daily capacity to 13 million barrels from 12 million. It expects to complete the project by 
2027. Many Wall Street banks and OPEC Plus members doubt there will be supply shortages next year. J.P. Morgan Chase said oil markets will shift to a supply surplus of a million barrels by March from a deficit of around 1.5 million barrels now. Are they sure? Because they said inflation was transitory. And then there's this. This is from Wolf Street. Shares of Tesla jumped by 12.7% to $1,024.86 on Monday, which pushed the company's market capitalization to $1.01 trillion. This might not seem a huge amount these days when trillions are flying by left and right, but it's still a huge amount. Tesla now has a price-to-earnings ratio of 332 in an industry where P.E. ratios of 10 to 30 are typical in a good year, but Tesla is special. Now pay attention to this. Tesla is now worth more than the 10 most valuable global automakers combined. Toyota, BYD, which is a Chinese auto manufacturer, Volkswagen that does VW, Porsche, Audi, Skoda, Seat, and a few others, Daimler Chrysler, GM, BMW, Ford, Stellantis, Hyundai, and SAIC Motors of China. Those are the four largest, or the 10 largest auto manufacturers in the world. Tesla is worth more than all 10 of them combined. Now, how nuts is this? If Tesla can deliver 900,000 vehicles as it projects, Tesla's global share of the auto-making market will be 1.2%. The all the the 10 major manufacturers produce 75 million cars globally annually. 75 million cars are produced annually by the top 10 car manufacturers in the world. Tesla only will produce possibly maybe 900,000 vehicles if they can actually get it done. So far this year, they've only done 627,000 vehicles and 241 vehicles, 241,000 vehicles in the third quarter was actually a huge accomplishment. So if Tesla can meet its goal of 900,000 vehicles, it will have produced 1.2% of all the vehicles on the road in the world this year compared to 75 million vehicles from the top 10 other auto manufacturers. And yet Tesla is worth more than all of them combined. This is not sustainable. This is not real. I mean, it's real, but it's not. This is, this is not a sustainable thing. You've got inflation. You've got the oil and gas increases, and that's why Tesla is benefiting. But I'm sorry, you're making $40,000 a year. You're not going to jump into a Tesla because, you know, you can buy a cheap Tesla now. You can buy a $40,000 Tesla now, but then you got to get the charger for the house. Can't plug it up with an extension cord. No, you need the high-speed charger. That's going to be a few thousand dollars, or you're going to have to drive somewhere that has a high-speed charger. All of this gets to a larger point, and follow along with me here. During the civil rights movement, 
Martin Luther King Jr. uttered a line that has been grabbed hold of by progressives over time. The fierce urgency of now. The fierce urgency of now. The left has seized hold of that when it comes to climate. They believe we must do things now in order to fix problems that will, within 10 years, be unfixable. So they are fine with oil and gas reserves shrinking. They are fine with Tesla being a success when it's not really by any measurable good standard. They are fine with the pump price going up every day for the last 27 days. They are fine with inflation keeping you restrained in what you buy. They are fine with the supply chain shortages. The left is fine with these things. They are fine with these things because a consumer society is bad for the environment. They are fine with prices going up because of a consumer society restrained by high prices will stop people from buying, keep people home, and help the world heal in their mind. But here's the problem for the left. Elections have consequences. 45, 47% of Americans do not believe in man-made global warming. A plurality of Americans do not believe in global warming or think men contribute minimal to global warming. A minority of Americans believe climate change is is completely man-made. When you have the left yesterday blocking traffic on the FDR Parkway in New York, causing massive backups to demand change for climate, when you have the left cheering on uh, Tesla against the other auto manufacturers, when you have the left forcing auto manufacturers to do the stupid auto start stop button on cars, when you have them cheering on high gas prices and high prices in general, when you have them cheering on lockdowns and getting people to stay home, elections have consequences and the overwhelming majority of people will fight this and will take it out on politicians and will elect politicians who don't believe this stuff, which will drive the committed leftists to become more anarchist, which will cause a further backlash against them. There is a backlash coming. There is a real backlash coming. The left in charge now with Biden and the Democrats with a minimal mandate to only not be Trump have decided to break our economy so they can rebuild it in their image. It is intentional. It is by design. They think it is good. Remember, they were advocating the story about you got to increase beef prices to get people off of beef until they came into power and it became a politically hot button issue. They're like, no, that was just a study. It's not really us. And yet look at beef prices. They're getting what they want with plausible deniability. At some point, people aren't going to believe them anymore. You shouldn't have believed them at all. They're breaking the economy so they can fundamentally change it, make it greener, and drive up your costs, and it's a tax on the poor, not the rich. They're coming after the rich by taxing imaginary money and unrealized capital gains. The rest of us pay a real tax every time you go to the pump, every time you go to the store, in higher prices they think is a good thing because it keeps you from buying so much and therefore reducing your carbon footprint. You will reduce their electoral footprint because they've tried to reduce your carbon footprint. The way we use the Internet, well, it's changed over the last decade. Security tools have mostly stayed the same. Aura provides complete digital security 
to help protect your online accounts, finances, devices, and so much more in an easy-to-use app. Most credit card companies do a good job of protecting you against fraudulent purchases, but what if a scammer files for unemployment in your name or if your social media accounts hacked? Aura's protection goes beyond your credit card. Between your photos, your finances, your devices, your connections, your world's more online than ever. You may have security systems in place for real life, but what about your online life? Aura can sound the alarm if your digital presence is at risk. They provide digital security protection. They keep your online finances, your personal information, and your technology safe from online threats. It's all-in-one protection for identity theft, financial fraud, malware, scam sites, so much more. With Aura, you'll get notified for defraud and threats fast. If your online accounts, your passwords are leaked online, someone, you're, you're going to be told by Aura. Like a lot of people, they won't tell you. Aura is easy to set up. All plans come with a million dollars in identity theft insurance to help recover stolen funds and experience U.S.-based customer support that's got your back. For a limited time, Aura is offering you guys 40% off plans when you visit Aura.com slash Eric, E-R-I-C-K. You go to Aura.com slash Eric, again, E-R-I-C-K, you get complete protection. You get savings of up to 40%. That's Aura.com slash Eric, A-U-R-A.com slash E-R-I-C-K. Hello there. Yes, uh, I will send out my recipe for brisket tacos. And I've been working on it. So, so I got to tell you guys, just as an aside, and by the way, welcome to those of you on WHIO in, in Dayton, Ohio. Uh, I know you're listening live today. Uh, if you text the word recipe to 33777, I'll send a recipe out later. Uh, the brisket taco. And I, I've actually been working on a recipe for y'all. Usually I, I I modify people's recipes and I'll send them out the, the way I like them. And then you can modify my modification. But I'm actually coming up with one. I wanted to do bacon wrapped jalapenos for Sunday night. So uh, Philip, who works for me, it was his birthday, had uh, some friends over uh, and he had, I, I make a jerk chicken recipe that I sent out on the recipe list a while back. But I wanted to try bacon-wrapped jalapenos, and I started looking for recipes. I did not like a single one. I wanted to do them on my smoker. I didn't want to do them in the oven. And then I wanted actually something other than, like, soft cream cheese in the middle of the jalapeno. And I finally hit on the idea, based on another recipe that I do, what if I did, like, breakfast sausage and mixed it with cream cheese? And then added some Colby Jack in it, maybe a little chili powder, stuff the the chili peppers, and then wrap them in bacon. Turned out great, except I didn't wear gloves and went through 24 jalapenos. My hands burned for over 24 hours. I thought, jalapenos, man, it's not going to hurt. Oh, wear gloves with jalapenos, folks. I'm here to tell you. <laughs> I'll get you the recipe. And when we come back, let's shift to Let's Go Brandon. Hello there, it is Eric Erickson here. The phone number, if you would like to be a part of this here program, is 877-97-ERIC, 877-973-7425. We're, we're going to get to Let's Go Brandon. But before we get there, we need to actually spend a little bit longer on the border situation. Uh, Governor Greg Abbott is uh, taking matters into his own hands uh, I've got several friends of mine who have started a think tank as well. And, uh, so Russ vote longtime friend of mine, uh, runs the center for renewing America. And 
Ken Cuccinelli, who was the border czar for Donald Trump, is working with him. Great guy. Should have been the governor of Virginia, but there was an orchestrated effort to raise up a third party against him when he ran against Terry McAuliffe. And, and, but for that third party, he would have been governor of Virginia. He's a super guy. Was the attorney general for Virginia, among other things. And he so he's got this out there, how states can secure the border. And he makes it very clear, Article 4, Section 4 of the Constitution. The United States shall guarantee to every state in this union a Republican form of government and shall protect each of them from invasion. Article 1, Section 10, Clause 3, no state shall, without the consent of Congress, lay any duty on tonnage, keep troops or ships of war in times of peace, enter into any agreement or compact with another state or with a foreign power or engage in war unless actually invaded or in such imminent danger as will not admit delay. They are about to be invaded, Texas is. Now, they may not be invaded by hostile troops, but they're being invaded with by a lot of illegal aliens who Joe Biden signaled could come here, who is he is doing nothing to prevent them from coming. Many of them are coming in with COVID. They're COVID positive. And the Biden administration is letting them go wherever they want to go. They're overwhelming Texas's resources, and the federal government is refusing to declare a state of emergency with FEMA. Here's Governor Abbott. I was on the border yesterday working with both the Texas National Guard as well as the Texas Department of Public Safety as we are preparing for uh, the, the potential arrival of this caravan, understanding this, and that is the Biden administration is AWOL. The Biden administration has abandoned any pretense of securing the border and has left it only to the state of Texas to step up and to secure our own border. As a result, we have thousands of National Guard as well as uh, Texas Department of Public Safety officers, including Texas Rangers, uh, making sure that we are providing the resources we need to secure the border, as well as Texas is in the process of building a wall, as well as making arrests of people coming across the border illegally and trespassing in the state of Texas. Now, here's Chip Roy, friend of mine, congressman from Texas, about the further details of this. We have parts of fences rusting in fields in Texas. We have Title 42 not being enforced. We have Americans being threatened to be fired from their job right now, fired from their job while we're allowing people to come across our border with not so much as a COVID test. We have a president who refuses to enforce the migrant protection protocols, which President Trump allowed to work with Mexico to have people on the other side of the border try to claim asylum. And here's the important part, Tucker. They're using asylum as the crux for all this, as the crutch. They're saying, hey, if you in this world want to come to the United States, you claim asylum, you can come in. Now he's creating, this president purposefully is creating an entitled class of migrants who do not qualify for asylum under our laws. This is a problem. By the way, there's polling out, and you know how I feel about polling these days. I, I was the, the last person to be fully skeptical. Now I'm very skeptical, but the prevailing rule and consensus is still true, and I think most people do agree with it, that uh, don't rely on the number. Rely on the trend. If you have a poll of people and you keep polling the same group of, not the same people, but the same demographic of people, and you see numbers move within that. You should pay attention to that because there's something going on. And there are multiple polls out. Number one issue in the country, inflation. 
Number two issue, the border. And the Biden administration is making it worse. The Biden administration is compounding problems and turning a blind eye to real issues related to what's happening at the border, even as they're allowing people to come into the country who may have COVID. You got to have a vaccine to get on and wear, you got to wear a mask to get on a plane. You got to have a vaccine or lose your job and the maskless illegal immigrants can come across the border without vaccines. That's a real double standard. Why do they get better treatment than Americans? And again, I don't think the the illegal immigrants are the bad guys here. I think the Democrats are for telling them to come or the politicians. It's not just Democrats, if we're honest. A lot of Republicans have said come as well. These people are walking the whole way up through Central America. And I am, listen, if you're like me, you think they can't stay at least try to be sympathetic. They're walking through Panama, Costa Rica, Nicaragua, Honduras, Guatemala, or Belize, and then all of Mexico to get up to the border. They're walking on foot mostly. Because Joe Biden said, I'm not Trump. We'll welcome these people. He said, he used the words, we will welcome them. And they took him seriously. He's made the problem worse. And now he's told these southern states, these border states, including, by the way, Arizona and New Mexico, both of which have trended Democrat, New Mexico very much so. He's told them, uh, we're we're not going to help you. Sorry. Deal with it. Oh, by the way, not an emergency. You get no federal funding. Deal with it. But you can't send troops. You can't do anything to deal with it, but you deal with it. He's tied their hands. Greg Abbott's got to respond. And now it's the number two issue in polling. And the Democrats, and this is the key here, they're distracted. They're distracted by what's going on in Washington, D.C. They are distracted by their efforts for Green New Deal, for fundamentally transforming the social safety net. And you should know they are distracted as well because Dick Durbin is trying to come up with a backdoor amnesty plan to slide into reconciliation while the border crisis is happening. And they still can't figure out how to get it all done. Here's Dick Durbin on CNN. Well, it's an anxious time here on Capitol Hill on the Democratic side. We believe this week uh, is really the deadline week for us to get the agreement, the basic agreement uh, done that has been going on for literally months. Uh, We have so many important issues at stake here. I I agree with Joe Manchin's uh, observation. We are close to the finish line. Uh, the president is engaged completely in this. Uh, I think we can get it done this week. Think you can or do you think you will? What's the handicap right now? I'm going to put can because uh, we are dealing with uh, individuals who need to be uh, sitting down with others and reaching agreement. Sitting down with others and reaching agreement. We think we can get it done. And they're not dealing with the border. And this is the fundamental problem that as we head into next year, one of the reasons they want to rush this through is because there is an election next week in Virginia. 
So they want a deal this week because they think at the last minute it could possibly help Terry McAuliffe. It's going to be a very close election. I mean, you're listen, you're really, I would be surprised. I, I, at this point, I've been saying it's, it's McAuliffe to lose, and I'm, I'm beginning to think he could lose it, but not only could he lose it, he could lose it in such a way that precludes him at all from having any future credibility within the Democratic Party and then the Democrats themselves that they got they got issues to deal with. He, Terry McAuliffe, if he loses, will begin to shape the narrative for Democrats headed into 2022 and they know it. And so they want to try to do a deal with revising the social safety net of the country in the name of infrastructure, at least to try to inspire progressives to go vote for McAuliffe to mitigate any sort of damage that happens next year. It's not going to work. It's not going to work, y'all. Voter impressions are starting to be locked in. The undecideds in Virginia are about 3 or 4%. McAuliffe is so desperate. He actually, this is one of the, the whoppers that he told 1,100 kids were hospitalized with COVID, according to Terry McAuliffe. In Virginia, he said, 1,100 kids were hospitalized with COVID. He's going after Glenn Youngkin for being opposed to masks in elementary school kids, and he's trying to tell parents that Glenn Youngkin's going to get their kids dead. 1,100 kids were hospitalized with COVID in Virginia. The real number? 35. 35. The Democrats have to do something. And now, the more I think about it, I think they actually want this to distract people from Virginia. That could very well be it. I'm sitting here talking this through in my head. I'm thinking, you know what? What if now they got to distract people from Virginia? Because you know what the narrative is going to be. The narrative is going to be as it has been, in fact, it, you go back to when McAuliffe ran in, was it 2015? No, 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 2013, was it? And it, Ken Cuccinelli lost. I'm trying to figure out the math. Yeah, yeah, and, and Cooch lost, but it was really close. It was really, really close. And Republicans were like, hey, this is this is suggesting that in 2014 we're going to have another good year, and the Democrats couldn't avoid it. So I think that, yeah, the, you know, maybe they want to do social safety net now to distract from, from McAuliffe. And, of course, you know what the media will do because the media is becoming deeply cynical about what's going on. The media leans left. The media is Democrat, but they're also very cynical. And so they'll say, ah, had you done it the week before, maybe he would have won, but he lost. And, of course, they'll blame the more moderate Democrats. They'll blame Joe Manchin and Kristen Sinema. But they got to do something, and they can't, because so goes Virginia, so goes the nation next year. So goes Virginia. That I mean, that is the narrative. Every time the, the, off, the midterm election after a Virginia gubernatorial election, that is the narrative. Virginia sets it, because Virginia is not a special election. See, there's this thing that's been going on. Republicans have been picking up seats nationally in special elections. 
In fact, in Iowa, they had a state legislative special election a couple of weeks ago. Notice this didn't get put on anybody's radar. I mentioned it. I was one of the very few. In Iowa, there was a special election for a state house district. This district has not gone to a Republican in more than two decades. A Republican got elected. Republicans have been sweeping special elections. And the Democrats can say, well, special elections, they're, they're unique, they're anomalous, and they're right. It's true. But, you know, each one has its own issues. They're all special elections. They all have low turnout. But go back to 2009. The Democrats started losing special elections in New York and in Minnesota, in states where the Democrats normally do well. And in Michigan, they were losing Democrat seats in special elections to Republicans and everyone was saying, ah, they're special elections. You can't read. And I was like, yes, I was on CNN at the time. Yes, they're special elections. A single one or even a handful don't matter. But when you have this many and they're all going in that direction, it's a warning sign. And then you had the Virginia election as well. It's like, see, look at this, the Virginia election. Things are shifting away from the Democrats very rapidly. And they're so distracted in Washington by reconciliation. They're so distracted by it. They can't realize that Americans' attention is elsewhere. Nobody cares about this anymore except the progressive base, and they've got to have the progressive base turn out next year. So if they don't do it and they divert their eyes to the things Americans care about, their base gets mad and doesn't show up. If they do this and don't do the other things Americans want, Americans turn on them. The Democrats have put themselves in a damned if you do, damned if you don't position, and I will damn well take watching them stew in it. Now, I need you not to stew in stinky odors in your house because, you know, let's be honest here. There are some stinky odors that can generate in your house, and the Eden Pure Thunderstorm can help eliminate those odors, and it's filterless. You don't have to buy a filter subscription. Unlike some, you actually get a great little package that packs a wallop. You hold it in your hand, and you can get three of them for less than $200 and save $200 by going to EdenPureDeals.com. Eden, like the Garden of Eden, pure as the driven snow deals. EdenPureDeals.com. Click on my name, Eric Erickson, and you will see the Eden Pure Thunderstorm 3-pack. Put it in your cart. Go to checkout. You'll see a discount code. Put in Eric, E-R-I-C-K-3, the number three, no space, Eric 3. And guess what? You'll save $200. You'll get three of them for less than $200, and you'll get free shipping. It's EdenPureDeals.com. Click on Eric Erickson. Put it in your cart. Use the discount code ERIC3 at checkout. Save $200. Get them for all three of them for less than $200. Clean the air in your house. Eliminate the odors in your house. Use the discount code ERIC3 at checkout. Hello there. It is Eric Erickson here, and the phone number is 877-973-7425 if you'd like to be on this year program more than happy to have you. I, I got to spend just a moment on the Afghanistan issue. Here is Mike Pompeo. He was on Fox News talking about this issue. Sean, this is tragic. Uh, they, they clearly misled the American people, not only the president, but the secretary of defense, as you talked about. For the longest time, they talked about barely triple digits. We now know the, there are tens of thousands of people that have a right to return back to the United States of America. Our government has done almost nothing to bring them back. This is worse than just incompetence. This is an absence of caring about uh, Americans and those who have a right to come to the United States of America. Uh, we've completely abandoned them. 
The president won't even talk about these things. We, we are not serious. We, we, on our State Department Twitter feed today, we're talking about uh, intersectionality and pronouns. When we've got Americans behind enemy lines in Afghanistan, this is, this is deeply troubling. It is disconcerting. It is horrific to the family members of these people who are here in the United States. And we have responsibility to get them back. Yeah, this is another issue that continues to grate on the American public. And it's not so much that anyone wants us to go back into Afghanistan. Let's let's be real clear here. That's not what's actually going on here. What's going on is they view the withdrawal as incompetent and likely to make matters worse. That has fueled the perception that Joe Biden himself is incompetent. And once you get that locked in, it's very hard for Biden to restore people's idea of him as competent because when a curveball comes along, that just fuels back into the incompetence narrative. Once you get go down that road, it becomes really, really hard to get out of it. And I don't know that Biden has anything he can do really to get out of it. Uh, I, I don't know that he can change the narrative, frankly. I certainly think he's going to try. He's going to do his best to try. He's got a year to do it, but events change things. And all the events right now seem to be going against him. And when he does get a good thing, people are so focused on the incompetence that they have a hard time looking back at it. I mean, Biden's polling is terrible. It is Trump level. You know, uh, the Media Research Center is pointing out that the media spent twice as many days talking about Donald Trump's bad polling as they have Joe Biden's. The media now is spending their energy talking about you say not nice things about Joe Biden. I want to spend a little bit of this. Uh, You have spoken ill of their chosen one, and the media thinks you are the bad guy for having done it, and they're coming after you. And you thought these last two years were crazy. Welcome to 2022. It's coming up and nothing makes sense still, especially in business. If you're a small business owner, good luck getting financing from a big bank right now. I can offer you a fantastic solution. If you're looking for $750,000 or more in financing for your business, First Liberty Building and Loan. Let's say you want to buy a new building or you want to refi existing debt or you want to buy a company. Basically, you see opportunity for your business to grow, but you've hit a wall with the mega banks getting financing. That's where First Liberty Building and Loan and my friends, the Frost family, come in. They solve small business financing problems better than anyone I've ever seen. They say yes, where big banks say no. It's that simple. Look, just do this. Spend 10 minutes with them. Call them, First Liberty Building and Loan. Say Eric sent you. In 10 minutes, you'll know if you're a good fit for their program. Go to firstlibertyga.com. That's firstlibertyga.com. They help small businesses nationwide in all 50 states. Firstlibertyga.com. 